Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Welcome to the Dead Pundits Society. Now here is your host, Adam Proctor. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Dead Pundit Society. I'm your host as always, Adam Proctor. Joining me on the show this week, I've got a very special guest. I've got Frankie Gaffney. He is the author of the new book, Dublin 7. He is a uh, prolific commentator on all manners of uh, left <laughs> politics. And he's a man who is very close to my heart because he is what uh, folks on the left might call problematic. Frankie Gaffney, how you doing, my man? Yeah, toxic, problematic, and uh, fragile as well. All, all three rolled into one, so you're getting value for money here. Let's talk about your boy Connor. Let's do a little MMA. Well, what, what happened there? What 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 went down in the fight last month? <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, there the, the, when he jumped into the ring. Yeah, yeah. What happened? What happened? Is is he losing it? Did he get hit in the head too many times in that boxing match with uh, Mayweather, or what? Uh, it was it was wild. It was wild. He was he was he was overexcited. You can see him though. Like a part of that, I think, is the passion when you see him. Um, when he even when he was doing the Ultimate Fighter, you know, the, the documentary and stuff like that. Uh, you know, the, the the reality show they do. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when when one of his fighters is in the ring, he's he's moving. He's like a kid. You know, when a kid is watching fucking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's moving along movies. with the punches. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And you know that that's that's passion. I suppose it's irrepressible in a sense. Um, it was out of order. He said it was out of order. <laughs> you can't do that. Some fucking mad shit to be doing. I, I, you I can't thought, do that. That's against the rules, I think. No, I don't know. No, no. <laughs> I thought the consequences were going to be much worse, but apparently it's it's no jurisdiction because it's in Ireland. Um, the, oh. the, the commission officials and that don't actually have jurisdiction. It's not like, you know, the, the official problems, you know, wasn't in... You know, if it had been in the States, I think he would have been in a lot more trouble. So I don't know what's going to happen with it, but yeah. It was, well, they it, might it have arrested wild, him but, if it was in the States, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so, wild, but like, you know, look, he's fucking, he's he's the most entertaining human being alive at this moment. So, you know, let him at it. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was funny. The, inter- the interview, I suppose the person, the two people that, that are most important in that situation are the two fighters. And, you know, they interviewed Charlie Ward after it. And he said, uh, yeah, it was mental, but that's the way we like it. <laughs> um, so I thought that was good. You know, my heart went out to the fellow that was knocked out and Connor, Connor kind of knocked him over again <laughs> when all the, the, the shit was going on in the ring. You know what I mean? So that was a bit bad. But uh, fuck it, I don't know. It, 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 was certainly, it was certainly interesting. So for people who've had their heads buried in the sand or maybe people who don't have a television or I don't know, whatever, they don't pay attention to sport, we're talking about Conor McGregor. Irish hero, uh, a man of the people, you might say. Controversial, controversial figure, not unlike yourself, Frankie. Uh, well, yeah, that's that. There was there was the, the one of the leftist groups here wrote a big fucking long article. I don't know if you saw this about why Conor McGregor is. Uh, uh, this was before he used the um, the the uh, the the f words. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not talking about fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah. Homophobic uh, before slur. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they they were saying, oh, he's a, he's a capitalist. You know what I mean? He's, he's this was fucking true in a sense. You know what I mean? But like they're saying, oh, he can't be working class. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like there's a cultural aspect to class as well. 
Absolutely. So my dialect, the way I dress, all of that is working class. Now, I'm not saying people who people have to fucking talk or dress like me to be working class. This is another thing they throw at me then. They say that, oh, I'm performative, uh, you know, that I have this narrow view of class and all of that. And it's, it's just it, like it's a complete projection. It, like everything they say about me is basically true about them, except in fucking reverse. Um, you know, that, that, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, but there, you know, that, that, there is that, 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 they've said it to me, they said it to me that I'm not fucking working class now because I'm a writer, and let me tell you something, man, it's not fucking, Brendan Bean, Brendan Bean, the famous Irish writer said, uh, not enough people buy books in Ireland to keep me in drink for an afternoon, and it's still fucking true. <laughs> So, you know, they want to get that shit out of their fucking heads pretty hey, quickly. Next time uh, when we meet, the uh, drinks are on me uh, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a, you know, not a working class podcaster either. People say the same shit about me, right? Because my pockets are fat or something <laughs> like that. You know, I'm taking money from the people. So anyway, let's wrap up our conversation about Conor McGregor. I just wanted to get that right. in there. Your man's a little off his rocker lately. Uh, are you uh, a fan? I am. I am. I, I was, I was pulling yeah. for him. It didn't, he didn't pull it off in Mayweather. I thought the rules were totally against him on that particular match. Mm. He didn't have much of a mm. chance in hell, but uh, he's one of the great ones. That's for, sure. that's for sure. I thought they called it early. I thought, you know, I thought they, they, they could have given him a, you know, he, he should have took a, he should have gone and took an eight count or whatever, gone down on one knee. Um, I but I thought that, that called it early. There were so many predictions. Some of the officials uh, were talking, some of the fight, uh, the, the fight doctors association or whatever came out early and they said they were concerned yeah. that somebody might actually be killed during this fight. Yes. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, all puckered yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 thing, yeah, you know what I mean? To be very careful about it. I, I did think, though, um, listen, I'm a McGregor fan. I was fucking rooting for him a million percent and all of that. You know what I mean? But I thought there was some questionable uh, um, use of the hammer fist. Um, you know, at, towards the, the the rear of of Mayweather's head in the clinch, um, you know, it was, it was certainly wasn't something you see in boxing. That's muscle um, memory. The, the, That's muscle memory. I mean, you can't you can't you can't train that out of somebody in in a in a, in a span of a few months. So I, I forgive I forgive him on that. I don't think he was he was fighting dirty. But uh, listen, yeah. I'd forgive him anything. I'd forgive him anything. So let me ask you a question: How big was that night? How big is Conor McGregor in a place like Ireland right now? Given that you know he, he really does represent that kind of like "fuck you" mentality, that anti-colonial mentality that goes back you know several hundred years in a place like Ireland. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 it, he's he's huge. You know what I mean? But like, I don't think he's he's necessarily any bigger here than he is in the states, for example. Um, you know, maybe a little bit because there is that, you know, he, he gets some of the press that's, that's not UFC related, but, um, he's, he's just a fucking global superstar now, isn't he? I don't, I don't know. So, um, it, it's big, like the, the night of the fight, there was a lot of people over here. Some of them, you'd know some, uh, some familiar faces. Um, so, so, like McGregor seems to correlate with being problematic on the left. Um, <laughs> so who was, the pro- who was the problematic squad at the fight last night? I'll cut this out if it gets inappropriate, but, uh, but yeah, out there. No, no. At, at, at the fight, I, I don't know, you might have to, uh, you might have to, you, uh, you'll have to ask permission for the, for the people involved, but um, Angela Nagel was here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Angela Nagel, Donald Fallon, uh, Moira mm. Murphy was here. Um, Rob Doyle was here, uh, the Irish writer. You probably wouldn't have heard of him. He's he's uh, he's a great um, fiction writer. He's he's doing, he's making big waves in the literary world. He's he's problematic as fuck. Let me tell you that much. He's seriously problematic. Um, so we we had we had food and we had a lot of drink, and uh, everybody went home. It was bright, and I stayed out then the next day to to commiserate. I knew I was going to be out drinking all day the next day, either 
uh, drowning me sorrows or celebrating. So it, it was it was all good. I had a good night. Yeah, yeah, it, it was the former, unfortunately, not the latter. But uh, still, many drinks had. I don't know, man. Murphy, Doyle, Nagel, Jesus Christ, Gaffney. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a level of problematic that could just cause like a fucking black hole and suck in, <laughs> suck in all of the matter around it, destroy the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you would if you threw a microphone in that we might end all our careers if there had been a, a little hidden hidden camera or something that night. So my audience knows Angela Nagel very well. She was one of my early guests. I think to, to this day, one of my favorite interviews, we broke down her argument in Kill All Normies. And she really yeah. lays out the case uh, for kind of seeing our way outside of these the, these internal culture warrior arguments that are going nowhere mm-hmm. fast. You know, and, and, and you uh, have built on that argument as well. You got yourself into a bit of trouble this past spring. So let's let's start. <laughs> yeah, just to, to refer to Angela, I suppose you know, I, like I didn't know Angela. Angela, I read an article by Angela, uh, the scourge of self-flagellating politics, and that was the first time I heard of Angela. Uh, a fellow I now shared it, and it fucking just blew me away. And I was just like, you know, it was so well put, so well argued. To me, it was just irrefutable, and. Um, you know, I was just astounded by, by by how good it was and such a relief to see someone saying all these things you're thinking and you're kind of thinking, everybody thinks this is wrong, so maybe I'm fucking wrong. And then when you hear someone else finally say it, you go, no, hold on a minute, I'm fucking right here. Yeah. Um. So, so that that was you know. So I, I, I you know, inadvertently kind of plagiarized because I used the word flagellation in my article as well, which I think was 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 subconscious uh, plagiarism for that article. So I have to to um, credit Angela with that. But with Kill All Normies as well, like you know, Kill All Normies blew me away. But I think with Kill All Normies as well, it was it, you know, it's not all about you know this kind of it's been framed as this anti-identity politics book or something like that yeah, yeah. but you know it's really about the culture wars and it's it's an overview of it it's it, you know um rob doyle said in his review of it he said he felt like finally an adult had walked into the room and that's yeah. the way i look at it i think she was quite i think she was quite fucking restrained impartial and and very fair in it you know what i mean a lot of it is just recounting um, what's happening and and presenting it to you, and you kind of make your own judgment on that basis. So I think she's been extremely unfairly maligned and and caricatured. But one of the good things then, after my article, Angela got in touch with me, and one of the great things about that was through kind of Angela, then just through Facebook and, and people commenting, getting in touch with people like yourself, um, you know, Freddie De Boer, um, you know, other people. That you know, this kind of disparate people that would have had no connection with each other before, but you know, think similarly, and um, because it can be very, uh, it can be very, Alien. it can be very arduous task. You know, it, it can be a very arduous task, and if you have people t- to go like so, and it's not like a little pack, it's not like a little gang that are fucking hanging around together and setting setting each other on other people and things like that. Yeah, it's right. um, but it's it's it, it is sucker and support. And people going, no, no, you're you're right, you're right on this. Um, you know, and you, you you need that. You know what I mean? It's it's you'd go you'd go fucking insane if you didn't have um, um, someone that you weren't in contact with with some people who, who weren't afraid. See, there's a lot of people who tell you in private that they agree with you. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? So oh. let's talk. So let's backtrack. Let's talk about all the the time, some of the hard times that you had. So you got yourself in a bit of trouble uh, yeah. with a piece that you wrote for the Irish Times. Uh, for what was it this yes. past spring? Is that right? Was it that that earlier? Was yeah, it, maybe? it was May. It was May. May. It was yeah, like so. that's that's like my year zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything <laughs> dated from that moment. It's like it's like fucking Hiroshima. The clock stopped and everything in me gaff. You know. <laughs> 
So you got yourself in a bit of trouble with some other folks on the left. There was an open letter. Uh, what was it? Yes. Something to the effect of an open letter to the men that we are not proud of or something. Uh, like it was that. called Cop on Comrades. Cop on and Comrades. it said, you know, to men on the left. So I suppose it was, um, you know, I don't know if it was addressed to men on the left or whatever, but that was that was implicit. And it was signed by, you know, I think close to 500. It was women only um, and close signed by close to 500 then in the end, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to post that in the show notes if people want to uh, yep. look over that. It was in the era. Uh, I call it an era, even though it was like, you know, it was like fucking like three months. But I mean, <laughs> you weren't the only one, right? There were a number of people who got dragged during this time. Rebecca Tuvel got dragged for a piece that she wrote in some like dusty analytic philosophy journal. Uh, you right. know, she was reprimanded by her senior colleagues and sort of hung out to dry during that ah. time. And like, no matter what you th- now, her article was on trans politics, and no matter what you want to, th- what what you say about that, right? I thought it was a very, very measured and fair and careful argument. I mean, let's keep in right. mind, like the entire tenor of the article was to be just was, like, was this the one about trans trans? Was it about transracial? Was it that one? No. Yes, it was the one that was, that was trying yeah. to think through like the philosophical yeah. questions of like, yes. okay, how, yeah, do we, yeah, yeah. how do we negotiate this like claim of racial dolezal to be transracial? Yeah. With this notion of like transgender uh, identities that are that are blossoming and blooming, and, and, and the entire tenor of the article was vehemently supportive of trans people. Um, I mean, it was just yeah. abs- I mean, it was yeah. unquestion it was unquestionably supportive of the plight uh, and the oppression uh, faced by trans people across the globe, and and so it was it was a little absurd that she got the blowback. But so you you your your blowback happened in that same sort of atmosphere. I think Tuvel was a couple of months earlier but uh, you yeah. started eating shit right around that same time so tell me how that went down and, and, and what that felt like to be in that position so I, su- I suppose like you know this is the thing as well I, I wrote the article kind of in plain English um, it was 800 words uh, I didn't try and you know be you know, it wasn't a philosophical fucking uh, academic paper that's for sure it was it was fairly plain speaking and simple arguments because you know, I think um, these are issues people have the tools to talk about without getting into high theory. You know what I mean? Um, everybody deals with other people every day. So and, what was the title uh, of that article? People. What was the title of that piece? So and, and this was, was this was this was a big problem. This was this was a big problem. This was one of the problems. So my title, I titled the article. Um, uh, be, there's more. I titled the article. There's more to privilege than being straight, white, and male. Right. And, what did, and what did the um, editors do to fuck you? <laughs> they changed it to um, they first changed it to equating straight white men with privilege is idiocy. Um, so I think that was yeah, that's what they first changed it to. And then they, oh, then I, I objected to that, thinking that they would change it back to what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then they changed it to uh, identity politics is utterly ineffective at anything other than avoiding people. Oh, now shit. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, neither, like, the, the, the first headline, you know, in hindsight, the first headline that they gave it was probably fair enough. Equating straight white men with privilege is pretty idiotic. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, so I should, I should have left that alone. Um, I don't think 
identity like identity politics listen to me i've been fucking involved in identity politics i you know was out mitch in school when i was you know 16 to go to protest uh, to to allow more asylum seekers to give asylum seekers refuge in ireland because we weren't we were taking fuck all at the time mm-hmm. um, and you could call that identity politics we didn't call it identity politics um you know to me there's a certain style and a certain type of politics now that we call we, we know what we're talking about when we refer to identity politics it doesn't mean fucking every gay rights march do you know what i mean listen right, to me i go right. on the fucking gay rights march do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. um so you know so so you know part of that is misunderstanding part of it is disingenuous because I've, another thing i've learned is look in, in, in situations where it's clarified with people what i mean they do not fucking care they do not care do you know what i mean you you, you, you know you, you will say to like people have said said to me, you never distinguish between the two types, you know? And I said, no, I've, I've distinguished on numerous occasions. I've said it. And then, you know, the person will just quote tweet me on something else and go, look at this fucking idiot, you know, scumbag. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no point in beating yourself too much up about small um, inaccuracies in how you frame something. You know, you can't hope, you know, again, it's not a philosophical academic article. You should be given the benefit of the doubt in terms of um, your your meaning and intentions, rather than um, them trying to, to find something to hang you with. So, you know, I, I'm not too, you know, if I, if I could go back, I, I, I would prefer to have the original headline, um, you know what I mean? And I would prefer to to distinguish better. Um, you know, it does say a certain type of identity politics, a certain style of identity politics in the article. It doesn't say, it doesn't make a blanket statement about identity politics. Um, you know, but I would like to make that clearer. But, you know, that came, that didn't come, I didn't learn that through fucking people giving me shit. I learned that through thinking about it myself. And, um, yeah, so, so and, and some of the shit, some of the shit happened, like, this is, this is the thing, they use these words, like, because, a lot of people said, um, no, it's because you doubled down after, after the article when people tried to talk to you, but I didn't fu- double down, all I did was, they said, you wouldn't listen, this is the other thing, you need, you need to listen to women, you refuse to listen, I fucking was listening, I wrote the article about shit that they were saying, you know what I mean, I wrote it because I was listening, I didn't like what I was fucking hearing from some of them, so I wrote an article about it, and then when they talked to me afterwards, I was listening to that as well, I was listening to them to talk, I just didn't agree with them. So when they say you need to listen, when they say you need to listen, it's the most sinister thing. It's fucking Orwellian. Well, listen to who? The the, the question is listen to whom, right? Because you talk, you say, sure, 500 some odd uh, women signed, uh, women or my understanding, uh, women identifying uh, signed that, that open letter. However, uh, I don't know how many women identified people uh, were supporting you. Uh, I could name uh, about at least a dozen right now off the top of my head. And so it's a disingenuous argument to claim that like they represent, they're, 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 they're claiming the representative sort of banner of womanhood yeah. in a really yeah. uh, undue yeah. way. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's been really, really one of the most disingenuous things is, you know, um, like, listen to me, I have a temper, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm a human being and, uh, you know, sometimes I, I lose the rag if I feel like someone's giving me shit online or whatever. Um, you know, and listen to me, I'm only fucking human, so I've told people to fuck off on occasion. You're, you're not only, like, well, no, you're not only human, yeah. you're fucking blue collar, right? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's you know, I, I come from a similar background, right? And so this way in which, like, people expect you to always handle folks who are spitting you in the eye, you know, with the yeah. supreme patience yeah. and this like cerebral approach, right? Like that's not where people like you and I come from. Uh, exactly, exactly. And there's certain fields, like, you know, it bewildered me, this, you know, this kind of, um, um, you know, idea that, you, you, you know, there's certain, 
there's a certain you know way that that you're you're expected to act or whatever. So so one of the most like you know and there's loads of examples of this. So you know I told someone to fuck off. Then that person goes and said, oh look at this, he is abusive to women. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. As if I never told a fella to fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, you know so so and and that's been a constant thing. This this switching it. So it's it's you know any disagreement I have or whatever, you know, it's again, oh, you know, and they'll, they'll say like, you know, a group of women signed this, you know, oh, women signing a letter. It's only, it's just women signing a letter and it's kind of misogynist, the, the shit that they're coming out with. What do you mean it's only women? Like, you know what I mean? Well, you know, are women not fully realized, actualized human beings? Like, man, are they not, you know, and are they, are they not, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, no, you're onto something because I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the claims that you make in the argument, and I'm actually going to go. Uh, by the time this airs, Pete, this will be available. People can check me out on the Michael Brooks show. I'm going to talk about how to fight the alt right, and w- one of my main arguments is going to be that we need to reframe what. I'm what they call ascriptive hierarchies mean, right? So race, gender, uh, ethnicity, those types of things are what you call ascriptive hierarchies and the fancy. So explain that to me because that's not a, that's not a a, a term I've heard before. No problem. It's a catch all way of talking about a distinction in society that you were born into. And it's one right. that, you know, it's, it's not in your control. So at the, at the end of your first paragraph here in this, this, uh, terribly uh, titled piece that you wrote this brilliant uh you say uh i was instead i was often met with open hostility despite the fact that i campaign on a variety of progressive issues why because i happen to be straight white and male so these are you know so you, you indicate the fact that you are these are something that you were born into and i want to talk about this with 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 respect to say race uh, racialization in the, of the Irish. Let's talk about the fucking Irish, right? We don't have to talk about the American yeah. context. The Irish were racialized as a process of victimization and oppression as a justification to exclude them from the social wealth of the British Empire, from the ability to participate in their own process of national uh, sovereignty, Right. And so, yeah. Well, you know, even 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 further um, from, from to being excluded from um, legal recognition as, as human beings. I mean, in the, you know, earlier on uh, during the, the, those years, um, it, you, you could kill an Irish man and it wasn't considered yeah. um, murder. You know what I mean? They weren't yeah. they weren't they weren't afforded protection under the law. Right, an English right, man right. was a citizen. An Irish man was, you know, just just something that exists. That's going back ages. But. You know, this is a real problem. The importation of fucking, you know, number one, I don't agree with these fucking politics in America anyway, right? But importing them into fucking Ireland is bonkers. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I have these fucking, you know, rich kids um, talking to me about fucking how, you know, I'm one of the most, I've had this said to me, that I am part of the most powerful group in the world because I'm straight, white and male. I've had that fucking straight faced, straight faced people that are wealthy, right? Tell me that. Right? The, Do you know what I mean? Their brains have been you know, broken by this discourse. Yeah, so last yeah, week, yeah, yeah. last you week we were debunking this sort of notions of like homogenous whiteness that defy any other kind of distinctions based on class or ethnicity or education yes. or culture or whatever else, right? And you know, George Chicarello Marr, who's this kind of culture warrior Marxist over here in the U.S., he went on Democracy Now! and he said a statement that was just totally disgusting and it's really alarming i think he said the mm. problem is that the white people in america right now are 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 angry 
because they feel like they're losing control of the country, even though they have absolute control of over it. Now, mm. white, mm. which white people? What yeah. are you talking? What yeah, the fuck man. are you fucking saying when you say that? Dance. Are you talking about the kid drug. who's addicted to fucking meth, crystal meth, you know, living in a trailer park? Yeah. And people always say, you know, well, that's your Trump card, right? That's how you get out of this notion of white privilege. But it's not a Trump card. It's the fucking tr- – it's, it's reality, right? It's the way yeah. that people live. And you open up your first paragraph in this, this piece by saying, I grew up in Dublin's inner city, an environment where poverty, violence, and addiction were normal. Given the odds I had to overcome to get where I am today, I thought I'd meet a lot of allies among those who preach equality. But instead, I was often met with open hostility uh, because you are allegedly among the privileged. So tell me about a little bit about your upbringing, a little bit about your history and uh, how that informs your politics today. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things, because it was such a short article, I I didn't get to to talk too much about my background. But my ma actually came from, uh, you know, what we would call a proper privileged family in Irish terms, in Irish Catholic terms, let's say. Um, her father was a bank manager, her mother was a solicitor, um, and, but they were, they were very Catholic, right? Um, and she got pregnant then when she was a teenager, and they kind of, you know, disowned her. Um, my dad was from the wrong side of the tracks, so she was out on her own. Um, you know, there was, there was talk of kind of getting me adopted and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, so it was, she, she, my ma had probably a harder time than, than I ever had, you know, um, in terms, even though she came from, from, a, a, a privileged, if you want to fucking call it that background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was one of, that's one of the reasons it's an important note because I get a lot of congratulatory things about how I escaped my life. And I listened to me, we had none when I was growing up at times, you know, um, but I was able to escape it, um, in part because my ma I uh, had a good education and always had books in the house, you know, and things like that. So I, I did have advantages that some of my contemporaries didn't have. But, um, you know, they, they didn't stem from my my whiteness, my straightness or my maleness, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and, and at the same time, so my, my dad then, on the other hand, uh, came from a very, very working class family. Uh, you know, his dad was a factory worker. My dad, you know, was kind of... <laughs> Um, I don't have to describe his profession, but it, it, it wasn't orthodox anyway. You know, he, he spent time in prison and um, and stuff like that. So uh, I, 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 at various times, I had a rough time growing up. His parents, on the other hand, so we were kind of estranged from my mom's side of the family, but my dad's parents were were brilliant. You know what I mean? We we you know they were like second parents to me and and stuff like that. So I grew up in a corporation estate. In uh, I lived in a, a place called Clondalkin and Barn Oak that is extremely. Um, have rough, you know. It's it's kind of getting better, but when I was a kid, so I lived there until I was five. I moved down to a place called Balbriggan, which is a town in Dublin, in Dublin County, but it's outside the city, a good bit outside the city. And I lived in a, a corporation estate there, a public housing estate, and then moved back into the inner city then when I was about twelve or thirteen, started going to, to secondary school. Um, and then you know I got, I got into a lot of trouble myself, you know, involved in crime and, and things like that when I was in my early twenties. Um, and so I had been, you know, real political when I was, when I was young and kind of Republican and idealistic and stuff like that. And then, uh, kind of got into drugs and, and, uh, got myself into trouble from there when, when I was in my early twenties. Um, so then, you know, things kind of got very, very serious then around my mid twenties and, uh, I had to kind of take stock. I was in a few very, very bad situations. Uh, Did you have a rock, a, a kind of, classic kind of a rock bottom moment. 
uh, where you had to sort of um, think through things? I had a few, you know, I was getting into a lot of trouble, like big, big, big trouble, um, you know, with, 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 with gangsters and with the police. Um, so, so it was, you know, look, if I hadn't turned things around then, I, I said, I knew if I, if I was going to go on the way I was going on, I was going to end up dead. You know what I mean? There was, there was a close call. Um, as it was, uh, you know, with, with 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 some violence that that, that went on and, and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, I, 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 and you know, again, one of the reasons I was able, I had an escape route, was because my ma had come from a, a middle class family, even though the money wasn't there or anything. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I was, you know, I'd always read loads and read voraciously. So um, I didn't have a leaving cert. I failed me me leaving cert. You know, that's our what do you call it in America to to, to the SATs or yeah, something to go to university. Yeah. 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 SATs. Yeah. So I, I, I failed that. So I didn't have that, but I, I, there was a get out clause if you were over 25 or whatever. So I interviewed for the university here and did five interviews or something and wrote an essay and I got in. And, uh, so I've been there ever since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've been in school ever since. I, I feel that. So <clears throat> you're now, <clears throat> so you're now, uh, this this big shot famous writer uh, who goes to the, <laughs> who goes who goes to the left uh, to get scolded uh, for his privilege, even though you almost uh, ended up dead uh, by some coppers or gangsters, uh, you know, in your early twenties. Yeah. So what? I mean, I guess my question is, you know, what hope do we have in recruiting uh, just regular fucking people, right? If somebody like yourself uh, can't go to the left and identify with people's collective struggles and, and, and deal with one another solidaristically as opposed to working towards distinctions and separations. You know what I mean? Um, it's just it's absurd. That's it. You know, and, you know, in my field now, I'm finishing up a PhD at the moment as well, and uh, it's, I'm linguistics, you know, and uh, I'm very interested in language. And what strikes me on a more simple level than this, you know, divisive aspect of it, is the focus on language policing. Um, so this, you know, constant language policing. And if you think about it, you know, that's etiquette. You know, this is a bourgeois uh, concern. Um, you know, fundamentally middle class. If you hang around, and, you know, listen to them. Listen to these fucking pricks, right? They fucking have middle class accents. They, you know, like even the ones that, that come from a working class background, they, you know, to, to, you know, um, it's it's just bewildering that they're they're talking about they're they're dressing themselves up as as left wing um, you know kind of uh, Marxists and stuff like that when when they actually have disdain in a lot of cases uh, for for working class people and you know this you know working class people in a lot of of fields when they talk to each other there's an informality right there is um, you know a, a kind of um, comfort with, with talking about t- things that are considered taboo. Uh, to middle class people like sex, uh, like swear words, like, you know, um, words for, you know, and, uh, you know, there's a variety, a variety of words are considered taboo. One of them is disfavored social groups. Um, you know what I mean? So kind of, you know, racial epithets, you know, what, what, what the, like the words McGregor said. And, you know, my gay friends, black friends, all of that, you know, we do that all the time. I know people that, that use those words that are not racist and sexist. And I know people who do not use those words who are eminently sexist and they would never <laughs> eminently racist and they would right. never. They just know never. And they're middle class. Right. And they know never to, to, to use, um, you know, a, a naughty word. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's so, so bourgeois. You know what I mean? It's just, and I, I know that's kind of a stereotypical thing for a working class person to throw at, uh, at, at activists or whatever. 
But, you know, like the, the, look at how they spend their fucking time. You know what I mean? Language policing. You know what I mean? Like the fucking, it's, it's crazy. And, 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 you know, we have a housing crisis, a homelessness crisis here. And these people are concerned with the words people use. You know, like, they, like McGregor got more shit there. McGregor got more shit off these people than our Taoiseach is getting at the moment, our Prime Minister. Um, and the, the, it's, it's, it's come out now. Um, there, there's a figure that uh, there's more people dying in Ireland every year at the moment from austerity policies than died in the entire duration of the Troubles. 30 years. Jesus, um, 30 years. And it's, so a, 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 a politician in the, in the Prime Minister's party recently got fired because he called some female politicians bitches on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. He got fired for that. And the, the social justice warriors claim that as a victory. So you, you, you use the word bitches um, you, you are that's verboten right that's your career over but you can kill people with your policies you can kill them with fucking impunity and the social just so called social justice warriors care less about that than they do about someone using the word bitch you know what I mean I just have no fucking respect for them no I mean, respect it's just, I, mean, it's just, and I, I already know where you're coming from but I want to clarify mm. for the audience and particularly for the haters right yeah. Uh, you say the F word because it's not it's not a good word. It's not a nice word. It's homo it's a homophobic slur. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you recognize yeah. that. Right. Uh, no one should no, probably no one should be called a bitch. Certainly not women. That's fucking misogynist as hell. It, it shouldn't happen. However, the point is that like the focus and the emphasis on the outrage is 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 is. is is une- unevenly distributed towards those acts, whereas these other acts that are actually fucking killing people go completely unnoticed, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listen to me, you know, there's room for disagreement. I'm not, I'm not so convinced um, that these, you know, are so egregious necessarily as, as you claim. Look, I don't know. Maybe I'm walking me, on eggshells you know, here. Maybe I'm walking yeah, on eggshells yeah, yeah. because no, I've fine. just had I mean, to, to play the devil's advocate or whatever. Like you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like, you know, listen to me, I've got people calling me a knob, people calling me a prick, and they're the same people that, that object to, you know, someone saying the word bitch. I don't know, I don't know. Is, is, is that acceptable? Is it one rule for, for them, one rule for, for other people? I don't know, and I don't particularly care. You know what I mean? The, the issue for me, like you said, is the massive fucking, you know, uh, discord and focus. So, you know, you do, you know, more people dying than died in a war, in a 30-year fucking war in this country from austerity. And, you know, supporting those policies won't ruin your career, but saying the word bitch will, right? Um, so, like, to me, the analogy that I like to use is, if I went into the doctor, so people say, oh, but it's what about Why are you complaining about people pulling people up on something? You know what I mean? Why are you complaining about that? And I'm saying, look, if I went into the doctor, okay, and I had a massive malignant growth on my testicles, right? And the doctor turned around and said to me, uh, okay, well, I think we need to prioritize your ingrown toenail. Um, You know, (laughs) I think think there was something fucking seriously wrong with his approach. And uh, I think think that's precisely um, what's happening with these people, you know? And that's that's being charitable. That's That's me being fucking charitable to them. Right. Well, the, the assumption also, too, is that the outrage leads to a, uh, a, 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 a that the outrage leads to a notable social change. And mm. I don't know, you'll mm. have to you'll have to show me somebody. I mean, really, I, I, I challenge my listeners. I challenge certainly my haters out there to, to show me where outrage of that nature has led to real uh, systemic social change. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 
there could be cultural change, you know what I mean? I mean, I think um, language policing has worked as a consciousness raiser, you know, in many cases. So, for example, you know, I'm not saying the N-word to, to, to refer to, 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 to black people or whatever, you know what I mean? That becoming socially unacceptable. You know, completely, that's probably the most taboo word in Western society now. Um, uh, and that's, that's I think... Um, you know, is is part of a humanizing process. Uh, you know, uh, widening the circle of empathy to exclude or to include previously excluded groups. You know, well, and but it, let me you know, ask you: like was that. that was that achieved by people who were who were beating down folks for saying the N word, or was that achieved through like material political struggle? And then by 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 way of those those alterations in in uh, power relations, the N word is no longer permissible because the power has been shifted inside the state and inside of society so that there are repercussions if you do say those things, right? See, I mean, there's a difference, right? Like, so the question Mm. is, yes, Mm. language changes and you're the linguistics guy. You're going to have to school me on this, right? Yes, language Mm. changes, but the question of how that changes, right? Is it, is it, uh, there have to be underlying material, uh, you know, political movements that change the power structures in society such that certain language is no longer permissible. If we no longer call, call, uh, 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 you know, a, a gay guy in society, a gay friend or whatever in society, the F word, uh, is that a result because people were shamed or is that a result of like, the political movements, you know, and, and the, and the, 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 the on the ground struggle of, of LGBTQ communities over the past 30, 40, 50 years. Right. I mean, I don't well, know. I, I suppose, yeah, I suppose, you know, uh, you know, this is a question, you know, I, I don't uh, feel that I have, or I think that I have a, a, a definitive answer for, um, you know what I mean? So I'll throw out my opinion. I, I would say that people would see that as, as part of the struggle, part and mm-hmm. parcel of it mm-hmm. would be to 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 um, a kind of you know say okay well we're not going to tolerate this anymore, um, you know what I mean? But uh, you know again, it's it's difficult to know. I suppose you know the traditional Marxist sense would say no, it's the material, um, you know, building the movement and things like that. But then you know Gramsci, I suppose, talked about um, the culture and how that can you know the the you know superstructure and all of that. The culture uh, um, and the politics forms a sort of feedback yeah. loop that uh, can yes, propel yeah, certain precisely. things. Precisely. Yeah, precisely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You can't be a Gramscian and a class uh, a class reductionist. You just can't. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of one of the key slurs that's been used against me lately is that I'm a class reductionist, and I'm a Gramscian through and through. And so I, I don't know. You tell me how the fuck I can be a class essentialist or class reductionist as a a, a self avowed Gramscian. I, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a good little conversation about this phrase, uh, class reductionist, with someone on on Facebook there recently because um, it seems to have been thrown at me in in terms in meaning that i uh, reduce everything um to class uh you know every every issue to class uh, which, which fucking isn't true for start but uh, you know i just want to get class on the table with equal footing with race gender sexuality and, and other issues but it, it's also used in the sense of uh um being reductive of what the working class are so thinking of the working class in uh it's in terms of only people that, you know, talk like me and, and you know what I mean, are kind of noticeably <laughs> lump and proletarian, you know what I mean? Um, you know what I mean? So there's two, they're, they're two quite different meanings, you know what I mean, that it's get, getting bandied around um, and, 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 and thrown about. So, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to know in precisely what terms people are insulting me sometimes. 
<laughs> I think people, I mean, the question is like, what, how is it, how did it come to be in the last 20 some odd years? How did it come to be that people fell in love with identity above and beyond any other formation? And I want to get back to something, a thread that I started and then I moved away from. I want to finish a thought is that, you know, there's a difference here. Let's, let's use race because that's what I was talking about last week. And I got myself into some hot water with some people over some of my claims yeah. here. So I want to be clear. There's a difference between racialization and race. Racialization is a process of victimization and exclusion in all of the ways that we talked about that, the, that like, say, for example, that the Irish faced, right, that Marx wrote about and others, many others have contributed to that argument. Uh, mm. That's racialization. It's a process of where, uh, where the power uh, 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 produce a form of uh, injustice and exclusion upon a population, this ascriptive ident identity population. Now, race is, is when that the results of that racialization become naturalized and essentialized into an allegedly identifiable entity. Right. And that's right. what that's what the and, and so what now we're told to be a leftist. You need to respect the product of that racialization and acknowledge it as yes. a self, yeah. as a self-existing, maybe perhaps even natural or essential entity. And I refuse that. I refuse to yeah. accept the process of victimization and exclusion as a necessary component of life, such that now we talk about you know these notions of like w the white mind. What the fuck does that mean? Well, we yeah. have to do, well, well, Frankie, you have to understand the difference between the white mind and the black mind. What the fuck yeah. does that mean, right? Like, you know what I mean? I mean, we could imagine people talking about the Irish mind as a way to, you know, to justify various, you know, exclusionary policies or, well, you know how those Irish are, yeah. you know, we can't give them a loan because they'll never pay it back, you know. Well, that, uh, that's true. Like, <laughs> fuck. I'm losing it, man. I'm, I'm losing my professional veneer here. So what do you got for me? You, you, you put it so well, you know what I mean? I, th I think, you know, in, in these arguments, and this is a really fucking hot territory, but like I'm done kind of tiptoeing around. You, listen, the, the thing is when you tiptoe around things, they try and fuck you anyway and try and make out you're, you're saying something you're not anyway. So now I just say, you know, what, what I'm thinking. I think race and gender, you know, have to be kind of thought of differently. Um, there are... Uh, significant differences between the genders. Now, I'm not saying that there's only two genders. I'm not saying that um, trans people aren't real, really the, the gender that they identify as. That's not what I'm saying, right? Um, I'm saying that there are kind of um, uh, meaningful differences between genders and identifiable differences. Uh, between races, I don't think there are. You know what I mean? I, I, I really don't. I think race is only skin deep. Um, you know, I think the, the the boundaries of what is a race, like you fucking said, is 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 marked by a process of racialization. It's not any intrinsic quality or any kind of um, real um, you know aspect. And, and when you pull people up on this, when they say like you know you know these these are really stupid fucking arguments. But when they say things like um, you know oh, only a black person should be can 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 you can only talk talk on that issue or whatever. Right. And you can say, well, how black do they have to be? Do you know what I mean? If, if, if someone's, you know, you know, mixed and, you know, they just lose their fucking rag. You know what I mean? Because there is no answer. They cannot answer that without being fucking racist. And so they just lose the plot. And there's so many issues now that if, you know, if you ask a question, they they all they can do is ridicule you. So if you say, right, if you say I'm going to fucking say the words, if you say not all men, 
right? Yes. Uh, if you say, well, okay, you shouldn't generalize about, you shouldn't make a generalization about men, right? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. will fucking just ridicule you. Like you've said the most stupid thing in the world, right? But um, if you say to them, you shouldn't make, if, if someone says to them, if they pull someone up for making a generalization about Muslims, they would never accept the excuse. Right. I'm obviously not talking about all Muslims. And if you fucking get offended when I say uh, Muslims are terrorists, that's because you're an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, the double standards are so glaring and well, obvious. The alt-right alt has picked up on this, right? The far right in Europe and the alt-right in the United States has picked up on this. And like I said, folks, to tune, tune into my interview that's upcoming here on the Michael Brooks Show, it'll be out by now. I'm going to talk about this, right? Where, where you said if you challenge so, uh, someone on the left who is a race essentialist to tell you yeah. exactly, well, what is – how white do you have to be? How black do you have to be? How brown do you have to be? Uh, you know, they'll, they'll just sort of, you know, sort of, uh, well, you know, you just know, you just know it when you see it. That's exactly yeah. what Richard Spencer says when he, when yeah. Richard Spencer is challenged on this race realism is what he calls it, which is just racial essentialism is all it is. Now, now his comes along with a notion of like racial hierarchy, right? Which we don't have on the left. Uh, but the, the, the nuts and bolts of the race essentialism is still there and he gets pushed on it and they'll say, well, how do you know he's white? And basically Richard Spencer says, well, it's like pornography. You know it when you see it, you know, mm. you know, a white yeah, person when you, you know, see a white person. This is the, right? the, the, the dangerous thing as well. Like, you know, if you look like, you know, I got in loads of trouble, um, it, uh, for saying that, you know, this brand of identity politics was fueling the alt-right. You know, um, and everybody went mental and you're you're blaming the victims here. You know, you're, you do you know what I mean? This kind of thing. And I said, listen, if your fucking house was on fire and I went up to you and you were throwing a load of petrol on it. And I said to you here, that's not that's not water. That's petrol. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't say, oh, my God, you're a scumbag. You're blaming me for starting every fire ever. You know, you're blaming me for starting the fire. Yeah, the water you know buckets I mean? over like, there, man. Stop pouring. Yeah, that's it. And that's and that's exactly what you're doing. And if you look at the alt-right websites, you, all you have to do are the, web, the websites, their, their, their Twitter, their, their, watch their fucking videos, right? And listen to me, they are scumbags. I have fucking no compunction about if it works, um, beating them off the streets. If that is the tactic that works, I have no compunction about doing it. Fucking do it, right? But if you look at, at their propaganda, their biggest, so they're, they're two biggest, in my opinion, and you, you, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think about this because um, it's closer to home for you because we, we don't have them, they haven't come out of the woodwork here yet in, the, in that open form. But in my opinion, their two biggest propaganda things are um, that racial anxiety and playing on these awful older tropes that go back to, to our prehistory of outgroup and um, demonizing the outgroup, you know what I mean, and um, portraying them as as uh, vermin and um, and also sexually voracious and um, you know what I mean, and and this kind of so preying on on people's um, you know most malign, dark, horrible instincts, you know what I mean, um, and their other and that's the old that is the old traditional you know constant way that that um, racism you know, triumphs or whatever in, in politically. Um, their other uh, propaganda tool is the contradictions of the left. Um, you know, right, the, the right, blatant, right. glaring, fucking ridiculous statements like uh, all people, all white people are racist. And if you disagree, if you object to saying all white people are racist, then you are a racist too. You know what I mean? And, you know, the switch and bait. So if, you know, if you question the statement all white people are racist. You are denying the fact that structural racism exists. 
Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, it's it's crazy, 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 destructive shit. It's alienating people, number one, but it's also empowering the alt-right with, with propaganda, in my opinion. So I don't know what you think about that. No, I think you're spot on. One of the things that I talk a lot about and I got a lot of shit for on Twitter was was the way in which like our race, race essentialism and identity essentialism on the left just provides them with all of the tools they'll ever need. And so you know, the response yeah. to Trump's election, for example, the response of the rise of the far right and the alt-right is to for, for the left to double down on these these ridiculous homogenous claims of 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 white, whiteness right we need to smash whiteness that's what a lot of people say we need to smash whiteness what the fuck yeah. does that mean i mean i think look like you know i don't know uh, are we talking about people who drink lattes and wear a certain kind of shoe and probably wear their pants too high and maybe listen to country music and i mean cuz then we're just talking about cultural preferences at that point right we're just talking mm-hmm. i mean this is just really kind of uh a juvenile shit. But if we're talking about the real divides in society, the things that determine people's life chances and outcomes, uh, ascribing it to, to skin color has only ever been matched with by, in that in that way by by the far right. I mean, the only people who love ascriptive hierarchies more than the left is is the far right, and it's just yeah. we we really fundamentally agree on that point. We just yeah, take a different it. lesson from it. Yeah, and like when 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 you break it down and and really put it into terms of what's actually happening, you know, it's just fucking flabbergastingly, uh, you know, crazy. So, um, like it used to be like this is what I said in my article. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm arguing that we shouldn't judge individuals on characteristics of race, gender, or sexuality. You know what I mean? And you think that would be an uncontroversial position to, to put forward on the left. And it's not anymore. It's not. that. So we're not talking about the universality of humanity and trying to, to, to widen the circle of humanity to include people that are excluded. Women are not considered fully human. You know, we need to widen that fucking circle to, you know, do you know what I mean? That yeah, was yeah. the project of the left before. You know what I mean? Okay, we need to we need to widen the circle to include women. We need to widen the circle to include people of color. We need to widen the circle to include. And you know, now no, 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 no. We're going to smash the fucking circle to pieces and have a load of you know separate circles. And yeah, there's okay, there's these rules for you, these rules for you, these rules for you. Um, you know, and and not try to push the universality of humanity. Um, you know that like you know, and people mock me for this as well. I say my politics come down to to one word, equality. And, um, you know, this has been ridiculed, you know, oh, what, what does that guy know if he thinks that it's that simple? You know what I mean? But fuck you. <laughs> to me, it is that simple. Like, you know, we are all human. We all deserve the same rights. We all deserve the same chances. We all deserve, you know, to, to, you know, to be um, granted, to be protected under the same laws and um, all of that kind of shit. And I believe that passionately. And uh, I, don't, I don't see what's fucking wrong with that, you know? Yeah, these people, find, well, what, what they hear when, when I say that race doesn't exist that there's no there really is no such thing as a white person a black person a brown person mm. an irish person a whatever person right like as as yeah. essential as a bearer of a set of pre-established essential characteristics when i say that yeah. what they hear is that i don't think racism exists or i don't think yes. that racism is a yeah. problem Oh man, it's and it's so destroying. Like it's so destroying. You have to be able to. It's it's called contradiction, my friend. You have to be a complex thinker to be 
a person of the left, right? You have to be able to hold both at the same time. You have to both see very clearly right in front of your fucking face, right? The, the various, what, what people have called structural racist outcomes from, you know, various racial, gendered, ethnic, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, populations. And at the same time, you have to see how those, those distinctions have served uh, those very dynamics throughout history, you know. Um, yeah, man. Like you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to uh, tentatively disagree with you that um, you know, and say it's the precise opposite. Uh, you don't have to be a complex thinker. Do you know what I mean? These <laughs> you have to be a fucking complex thinker to reject yeah, yeah. Yeah, the right. idea. You know that um that you know you get me like I, it's I get fucking you. Wild. It's, it, because who's saying this? It's not the people who are sort of raised on the school of hard knocks, right? Of, of just fucking no. everyday experience. It's that professional managerial middle class, the people who went through these elite universities and had their brains broken by this yes. hyper identitarian uh, discourse. So now you're, you're very right to take me up on that. I think you're correct. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Good. That's the, that's the first, that's the first debate I've won. This year, so. <laughs> wait, hey, wait till this, wait till I publish this think piece slandering you as a fucking racist though. Wait for that. It's coming. Okay. It's coming out. Okay. Of the yeah, you, times. Could be, you, you could be a double agent. Um, that, that, just Frankie Gaffney, say, yeah. that Frankie fucking Gaffney. He's at it again, being problematic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's finish this thing up, man. We we've just kind of I don't know, man. We just laid down a pretty severe diss track. We're gonna piss off a lot of people. Maybe I should deactivate <laughs> my social media for the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to check in with those people that were at the McGregor fight night if they're okay with being named as well before you publish it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fire off a group message before you you, you hit, hit publish. Maybe maybe I'll just cut them out. We'll see. But uh, all right. So let's take the next 10 minutes to talk about your book. This is a political podcast, but uh, you're a friend of the show and uh, you're, you're, a, you're a very talented writer and it's a book that deserves a lot of attention because I think, thank you. you know, I mean, I think it's a, a lot of your politics. Uh, uh, it flows from your personal experience. And clearly this is a book that is in, that's highly informed by your personal experience. I Googled you and looked at some of your talks and, and things like that. And you're, you even go, oh, right. you're a linguistics man. And so you take it very, you take ver the question of vernacular very seriously. You analyze working class culture and existence uh, in, in a way that you, 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 you take it very seriously about transferring the, the, the lived experience onto the medium of, of the printed word. Hmm. Mm, yeah, actually, um, I, I was on TV here uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I'm, I'm interested, as you said, about the Dublin dialect, and I'm kind of sad it's, it's disappearing to an extent, and I talked for, for a good while about how that's due to Americanization, I'm afraid to say, yeah, but, true. Um, Americanization and, you know, homogeneity and more internationalization of, uh, of TV, of the internet, of culture, but also um, in, in terms of, of the written version of the dialect, uh, autocorrect. So I remember people used to text with phones. They used to um, text, you know, vernacular words like we say gaff instead of house. And, you know, that's not going to be an option on, on autocorrect. And uh, we, we'd write how are you, which is a contraction of how are you. We'd write it like H-O-W-Y-A mm. um, and things like this. And, and that's going to disappear. Now, some fucking prick on Twitter then uh, said that I was being a white supremacist and uh, talking against. Um, now, the, the, the erosion of the Dublin dialect is not due to immigration. Um, you know, the, the immigrants, there's been a lot of immigrants into this country, um, you know, in comparatively compared to when, when I was a kid, 
say, over the past uh, 20 years. So there used to be, you know, uh, it was only medical students, really, you'd see black people in Ireland. And, and now there's, there's, you know, you, you see them quite regularly. But, you know, they have fucking Dublin accents like me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's not them. That's preposterous. It's not them that That's the assumption the that a person with, with like melanin in their skin could not possibly uh, have a Dublin uh, dialect. Like, why, why not? Exactly. Why the fuck exactly. not? Exactly. Like, that's, that's the exactly. silly thing. Like, there's this essential characteristic of a, of a racialized person yeah. that, that they can't talk and, a certain way. Like, this, this fucking prick, you know, this fucking prick wrote a whole thread on Twitter. Um, this fucking American that's 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 living over here about how uh, you know I was I was uh, it was a dog whistle a dog whistle of white supremacy you know so even when you're not saying things you're saying them you know what I mean like you know even when you're not saying something and I, you know I said very clearly that you know the two reasons that I think uh, the, the the dialect is disappearing and it's not fucking immigration immigration has nothing to do with it so uh, then then I've got another you know American poet that's living over here and she's like amen. You know, to, to this fella telling me that I'm a fucking white supremacist. Um, you know, these right? the two people, snaps. two two people coming into fucking my community, you know, telling me that I'm a fucking, you know, two privileged people, you know, comparatively to me, telling me I'm a fucking white supremacist. You know what I mean? Uh, you couldn't make it up. It's, 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 it's a, a crazy power buzz that they're on, you know? No, no American hubris there whatsoever. None. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. You're all right. You're you're one of the good ones. Well, hey, I can't. I can't afford. You, fuck. You think I can afford to, to to just move to Ireland and fucking live there? there? You Are go. you kidding me right now? I mean, that's the thing. Exactly. Right? Like that's, the, that's exactly. the joke. Yeah. That's the joke involved in this. Uh, you know. And then, hey, I mean, hey, I I think both of us we both support immigrants. We've we've rallied, protested, organized uh, for the rights of immigrants. Uh, to emigrate 100%. freely, to be supported in the countries that they in which they reside, to be able to come over as refugees, all the rest of it. However, this immigrant trope is another thing that gets essentialized because particularly in my area, I live outside of Washington, D.C. And so the immigrants that are here are not quite like the immigrants in other parts of the world. Why? Because they're all fucking rich. <laughs> not all. That's that's, yeah. that's a stretch, right? But so then, you know, it's a question yeah, yeah. of like how, how do you know? There's a stratific. There's a certain kind of stratification, uh, even in the immigrant community that needs to be that needs to be uh, uh, taken up. Um, the needs of some immigrants are different uh, than than others, and and we do us we we just do yeah. no service to those communities by by papering over those differences. And I don't know why that makes yeah. me a bad person. I mean. <laughs> Tell me, Frankie. Why well, this is the thing. Like, you know, they're so fucking uh, simplistic. You know, on, on another level, they're they're so simplistic. You know, it's this zero sum thinking. Good, bad. There's only two categories. There's no. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. not. There, there, there's nothing else. Um, you know what I mean? So, so to, to this kind of idea. Um, and you know, then you know, the, the thing, the thing that's really just you know shocking me. You know, shocking. It's so fucking. Um, you know, intellectually impoverished. Uh, is the importation of, uh, you know, and uh, as a, again, I think this style of identity politics is bad in America. I think over here, it's just completely incoherent. So, uh, you know, I've had co these conversations with people and they're talking about, you know, um, uh, you know, white colonial culture and, and power. And I said to them, uh, where was England's first colony? Yeah. Do you know? Uh, I mean, I mean, it would have to be uh, Ireland, right? I would presume, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to Irish people, Irish people. These centuries. identitarian Irish people, these uh, Irish identitarians, and they they have no concept of that. Look, I have caught them on numerous occasions, um, saying things like, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, yeah, but black people are getting killed and shot on the streets out here. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, this is this is not America, man. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. not happening here. So you're saying you know? that the That's- rhetoric of social justice, the discourse of social justice, has been imported uh, to Completely. Ireland. Yeah, and so my last article, like the last article I wrote, and you know, again, I keep it, journalism is like a fucking heroin addiction for me now at this stage. I keep saying I'm going to give it up because it's causing me nothing but grief. And uh, something then happens, and then I go and write an article. So what happened is in in Dublin, an, an off-duty guard, and our police force are supposed to be unarmed, right? So an off-duty guard, an off-duty cop, uh, shot an unarmed man um, in in Dublin city, right? Um, and there was almost complete silence on the issue. There was no outcry. Um, there was no kind of questioning. It was said, it was, it was kind of like, um, oh, he, he came across these, uh, you know, suspects and, you know, just, they, and, you know, they use this euphemism as well. The suspects were known to Gardaí, um, which is a euphemism for, you know, fuck them, they deserved it. And, uh, you know, all these people in Ireland who've been going on about Black Lives Matter, and all of this sort of stuff, you know what I mean? Um, you know, didn't have a, they couldn't give a fuck when when our uh, police here are shooting um, working class people on the street, and we're not even supposed to have a fucking armed police force. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, interesting. interesting. And so I wrote, I wrote an article about about that, like the the discordance. You know what I mean? You know, this narrative that they're they're talking about, and they're not talking about this. Like they they, they fucking think they're living in America. Right, you know, right, right. like it's, they it's do. It's a very potent. You know I mean? It's a very potent moralistic discourse. That, that assigns uh, victimhood to a very exclusive now in, in, in deserving right fuck me course, yeah. black folks in America are deserving victims Let's, I'm not saying they're not however yeah. right not only are they not the only victims but their their victimization is not served by ignoring the victimization of other people perhaps we can unite together in our in our in our different but linked victimization. To try Precisely, to man. And I'm telling you, like, you know what I mean? I believe passionately. I grew up in a feminist household, right? Surrounded by fucking feminist texts and having debates since I could fucking speak with me ma about feminism. Do you know what I mean? I believe passionately that gender equality is a fucking important, noble, necessary uh, cause and all of that, right? You know, I do. And, you know, everybody's saying now that, that not only do I not believe that I'm against, I believe the opposite, right? That's bullshit. But, it is not being served. It's it's not only not being served, it is being stolen of credibility and stolen of support by this vocal minority who use it disingenuously for social status, social dominance uh, in, 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 and to um, get um, kicks by, um, you know, throwing abuse at people and, and pulling people up and, and you know, being a language cop, basically. Um, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's a dangerous situation. And, you know, again, I've gotten into rows because I've seen class be abused. I've seen that happen. And I've gotten into big trouble when I pulled someone up and said, that person wasn't being classist, right? They had an argument with you because you were being a prick, right? <laughs> you're, you're abusing class issues. And the reason I pulled them up in that, because I take class issues seriously and I, I care about the issue and I don't want to see it being abused because it makes it, 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 it robs it of credibility. And that is happening constantly with these other issues. And that is, is one of the reasons I care about it, because, because I care about these issues that I, I don't want to see it happening. Not because I don't care. It's the precise opposite of what they say about me. 
Right. They, they, well, they have to presume if you disagree with them, they have to presume that you therefore don't believe what they believe and you don't aspire to the same principles that they aspire to. Yes. Uh, same on this yeah. podcast. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm plastered as a, as a racist, as somebody who's not really on the left, somebody who's not really a socialist. <laughs> and it's like, no, fuck you. I'm anti racist. I'm fucking socialist. I'm anti sexist, anti misogyny, anti all, all these kind yeah. of other, sh- you know, anti imperialist, all the rest of it. And I believe it just as much as you. And it's precisely because I believe it and precisely yes. because. Because I aspire to it, that I demand a greater coherence and consistency in the concepts and claims that we're using, right? Because we're not going to win this way. No, no, yeah, you know, that, 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 yeah, the, the opposite. You know what I mean? We're we're, we're handing handing it to the to the alt right. But you know, you've kind of seen uh, uh, how how this became prominent in my life. Let's say, you know what I mean? Because my this is this is not my main subject. You know, usually I write about the Guardian, the media. You know what I mean? In, in in terms of journalism and in terms of literature, I write about you know the the the, the kind of um, you know Dublin you know working class literature. But um, so how did how did this become a big thing in your life? Because as I said, one of the great things about all of this happening, there's been a lot of bad things. One of the good things is connecting with with like minded people that I never would have connected with otherwise. So what 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 what, what brought you here? <laughs> what brought me here? I, this might be a cop out, but we only have ten minutes, so I'm going to do this pretty quickly. Right. You know, right. I mean, I, I grew up as a very normal person, you know, I'm being interviewed in, in my own interview. This is whew, man, I'm sweating. <laughs> is, did it get hot in here? It feels kind of warm. Kind of. Maybe I need another shot of Jameson before I take this on. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I grew up a very, a very, uh, you know, lower uh, working class, maybe you might call it culturally middle class upbringing. I went to university and I was told mm. the world was mine. And then the economy crashed and collapsed on my fucking head. And uh, I spent right. my, 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 my 20s sort of waffling, uh, trying to find my way, buried in debt, looking around me at all of the, the peers that I grew up with. Now, half of them were left behind in my hometown, and, and they're still there, and they'll die there. Mm. Some of them are already, have already died there, right, from the same yeah. reasons the people that you know uh, died there. Uh, but the other half of the people, the more affluent, they were, they were doing well and they had jobs and they were buying fucking houses and doing all these things that I wasn't doing. And I, and I had to realize really quickly that like what, what, when you're growing up, it appears that you're, you're sort of on equal footing with people of higher classes than you. And then when, when you, when you come, when you come of age yes. and you hit your twenties, all of a sudden they're succeeding in ways that you are not. And, yeah. and, and, it's, and you have to figure out, okay, now why is that the case? What kind of advantages do they have? What kind of risks can they take that I can't take? What kind of networks do, can they access that I can't access? You know, what kind of preparation do they have that I don't have? And, and that pushed me uh, to the left. You know, I mean, I, you know, I I discovered Marx and I read dusty books and I read Das Kapital and I said, holy fucking shit, this is me. Right. I'm, I'm suffering yeah. because of these processes of of economic exploitation. Right. And that opened my eyes to, to more broader movements against racism, against sexism, against, uh, you know, uh, 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 xenophobia and war uh, and all of those other types of things. And I became a socialist. However, I discovered very quickly after a period of a couple of years when I snapped out of it, I discovered that, like, the aims of this group uh, were, were kind of hypocritical. Right. Because what I mm. saw was a lot of internal status jockeying. Right. Yes. And I think yeah. see, this, right, people like me and you, we see we fucking can taste it. Can't you? Yeah. People from backgrounds yeah. like ours. 
Yeah, because you, you, you live back room, on the edge of that. Yeah. yeah. When you see, like, I, like I'll, I'll, I'll quote uh, Adolph Reed on this because I'd get in trouble if I said it with my own words, but he calls them race right. pimps. Race pimps. And he said, you know, you grew up like I grew up. When a pimp walks into a room, you fucking know he's a pimp. Uh, and mm. so it's the same thing, you know, in the realm of politics and in-group dynamics. When you see somebody using a discourse for their own advantage, I mean, yeah, it's just fucking obvious to people like us, I think. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and, and having, you know, those kind of hierarchical struggles, like the real cutting edge of it, you know, where, where, where things were really at stake. And, and also, I think a kind of a culture of, of uh, you know, this, we, that people aren't going to like me saying this, but a culture of honor. Um, and, and, you know, uh, you know, your word meant something mm. and, uh, seeing people behave so disingenuously and, um, so dishonestly, um, with, with, with what they're saying and things like that, you know, was a real shock to me. I didn't expect it. I, I thought when, you know, I got into these debates and I, I thought when someone misquoted me or something, when I said it to them, they would say, oh shit, sorry, sorry, I mistook that, you know? And no, no, they knew what they were doing. You know what I mean? And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, Jesus, try that around my way. You will get fucking punched in the fucking face. You know, that's it. That's so you it. snap that's out exactly that shit quickly. That's exactly mm. it. I mean, the shyster culture that you get in the upper upper middle class and the professional managerial class, that's just the way of doing yes. things. Whereas honor and principle, you know, it does mean something to people, I think, who have a more working class background, you know, and principles yeah, and, and are not maybe only because there's a because there's a veto on it, because, you know, if you don't do that, there's going to be repercussions. You know what I mean? And um, look, I've seen a lot of that. I've seen a lot. Of, like, you know, look, this Indian Irish author. Um, I was very supportive of me when I started writing before any of this happened, you know what I mean? And uh, we're very good friends. And uh, she said to me, be careful. It's a very dirty business, Frankie. It's a very dirty business, you know, the, the literary world. And I was like, listen, where I come from, you know what I mean? I know all about dirty business, but fuck me, she was right. You know, because when, when someone fucks you over, you can't go around to their gaff and uh, you can't go around to their house and, 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 and sort it out, you know, face to face. You, you just have to take it on the chin. Um, so yeah, that was, that was an education to me. And I think there's a lot of that, um, you know, in, 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 in the business world and, in, in academia and things like that. And so the question is, right. The question is, how are we supposed to, how are we supposed to speak to these people? How are we supposed to institute what I've called elsewhere? Socialism for regular ass people. Right. Yeah. And I don't mean dumb down socialism. I don't mean, cause I've, I, people fuck, we can read books. You grew up reading yeah. books. I grew up reading books. Uh, people from all class backgrounds can can read fucking books and 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 process difficult arguments and hell even internalize and understand things like jargon, right? Like so, I'm not so yeah. I'm not making an anti intellectual argument when I say socialism for regular ass people. I'm making a cultural yeah. argument that yes. it needs to be a place yeah. where people from all backgrounds can enter and feel like uh, you know that they belong there and they understand the terms it's 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 not this sort of like internal uh you know uh, a clickish kind of uh, a thing that that you see when you enter far too many activist circles uh in the anglo-american world i think yeah yeah I, I think some of it is about the language so i think um you know i think a lot of the jargon um you know is unnecessary because you're dealing with you're talking with politics you're talking about people these are concepts everybody understands um you know uh, hierarchies power we, we have them in our social life. We have them in our work life. We, we deal with them every fucking day of the week. So I think a lot of the jargon is unnecessary. And again, like you said, it's, it's about social status. And there's well, an arms race of jargon. Right, bad Sorry. jargon, right? I mean, <laughs> I think there's precise jargon that's very useful to people. I mean, petty bourgeois, 
Petty bourgeois is something that is very yeah, precise. When you get into the micro level, when yeah. you get into the micro level of theory, of course, you, you know, um, and, and, and into really complex stuff, you need to use words to describe that. But, you know, this isn't quantum physics we're talking about. Do you know what I mean? This is people and how people uh, interact with each other. So, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't buy it that we need to, to adopt um, words that are being prescribed to us. And also, those words are continuously changing. And it's not, they're not continuously changing because the arguments are getting advanced, right? I mean, people were well up on fucking racial oppression in the 60s and 70s. Do you know what I mean? And, and fighting against it very, very fucking effectively, a lot more effectively than it's being fought against now. So um, I think there's an, the arms race, the arms race of jargon is, is you know, every time it, it, it gets somewhere, okay, well, we're going to take it to a next level, is, is, is really um, about status. It's not about um, furthering the, the cause uh, that it's, it's proclaiming to, to, to further and, you know, you know in my opinion, um, damaging it. But, you know, again, signs of hope. I think um, Corbyn and Sanders are, are speaking um, to 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 people um, in in you know more effectively than than I expected to see. Um, you know I certainly didn't see it the last crash. Um, I hadn't seen anybody rally. Um, you know ordinary people uh, so so effectively. Um, so you know that's 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 a glimmer of hope. And again, look at what they say. You know, their message is simple. They're saying, look, we need houses, we need healthcare. You know what I mean? It's not like what the fuck. Like when, when why, people like, are fucked over in society, they shouldn't be fucked over. However, whatever reason. Like I retweeted yeah, a quote like, that Bernie Sanders talked about violence against trans people. The end. Yeah. Right. The end. Yeah. Right? We don't have. There was yeah. no debate. People didn't call each other names. You know, there weren't arguments. Yeah. There wasn't flame wars that came of it. He just fucking said yeah. simply that trans people. People are are dying out there and it shouldn't fucking happen. So let's do something to stop it. Right. Like the end. Right. No status jockeying necessary. No, you know, no click, you know, uh, uh, forming whatever kind of like this like click warfare that goes on social media. None of it's necessary. Just speak it plainly, simply diagnose a problem and talk about how we solve it and then move on to do the do the damn thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, big time. I suppose you just you just reminded me there, just kind of I was thinking before about you know the the anti-trans lobby, um, you know, on, on the, the, the on the right often bring up um, trans the the rate of trans people suicides and say you know as an anti-trans argument I'm like you you fucking crazy like the, the, how 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 is that surprising when they're so um, discriminated against and and uh, um, despised you know what I mean by by so, by so many people um, you know that's that's not a statistic to to be part of an anti-trans whatever your stance on it it's not a statistic that is in favor of, of you know an anti-trans argument you know right we don't and, and we don't and we don't defeat that by saying well actually uh, trans people are good and let me tell you why uh, we defeat that by yeah. fighting together in a unified manner to end those material forms of oppression faced by trans people so they are more secure in society and they don't have those this, this those disparate life outcomes that lead to 100% horrific yeah. outcomes you know what i mean and so so in a way in which like you diagnose yes identity will give us uh, a, a specific information about the outcomes of certain populations in society but the only way to 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 remedy those problems is to go beyond identity and talk about more universal basic human needs that can that can put people on a more equal footing because i think at the end of the day what we would want was no fucking distinction between trans people and cisgender people at least and in terms, of, at least in terms of outcomes y- yeah, what you yeah, yeah 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 Right. Yeah. Like, can we not say like, what, what is like, you know, I don't hear, you know, these, these, the, the, the identitarian types saying everybody should have 
anything. You know what I mean? They, you never hear them saying everybody should have this. Everybody should have that. You know what I mean? It's all, you know, these, these like, you know, micro groups. And you know, then I suppose we, we didn't, I'm surprised we didn't talk about it is, you know, the big, t- the big difference for me is the stigmatization of outgroups. So it's gone from defending the rights of oppressed groups to, to um, demanding the right to generalize about and stigmatize um, straight white men, for example, or, or men in general or, or whatever, which isn't, to me, um, a project that the left should be fucking defending. We're also just handing all of the ammunition to the, to the, far, to the far right and the alt-right. I mean, you're just ha- – because, I mean, th- th- that's what they can, they can see. Then. They can see the left. The left yeah. hates you. The left despises yeah. you. You don't have a place inside the left. Come to us. Yeah. Right. We yeah, have for a, sure. We, we have a way of explaining the alienation that you feel in society. And it, that doesn't have to do with economics or any other type of thing, po- politics. It has to do with your essential identity as a white man. And it's something that you should be yes. fucking proud of. And it's not something that you should feel ashamed about. And come to us. We're going to show you how to do that. That's what, and that's why they're fucking winning the war in a lot of respects. Big time. Big time. And who put that together? I mean, one of the most bewildering and shocking fucking aspects of this is people I formerly respected, you know, people that I know are erudite and intelligent, performing ideological contortions, uh, you know, mental fucking gymnastics in front of me when I asked them to justify the combination of straight, white and male, um, leaving out class, leaving out um, whether you're able-bodied or or, uh, have a disability or, you know, all of these things. And I said, okay, uh, you know, I understand white privilege. I understand the concept of straight privilege. I understand the concept. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily agree. That's the right term to phrase it. But why straight white and male? Why are you picking those three? You know, and they have no argument. They have no argument for it. Right? There isn't. It, there is because there is no argument for it. But they tried to retrospectively build this scaffolding to support um, the cathedral of bullshit that they've constructed. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, it was it was very disheartening for me to see. And I lost respect for a lot of people that that, you know, sadly, I know are extremely fucking intelligent. And, you know, that's a scary thing to see, um, you know, people that have, you, you know, something that's such patent, so so patently indefensible, um, like try and 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 salvage uh, something from 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 that, you know, so obstinately they were just not they were just not willing to concede that you know that that was an illegitimate um term you know what i mean right i mean it's it's like well i mean my episode last week with jesse single it's not as though you can't produce empirical evidence that those groups exist that's not the point the question is where does that get us by using those master signifiers to sort of fit these square pegs? Yeah, and, and why isn't it holes? why isn't it straight white male middle class? You know, why isn't a straight white male upper class? Why isn't it um, straight white able bodied? Why isn't it fucking able bodied cis? Um, you know, why why this? Well, because, I'll tell you why. Because those are the, the gender, race, and sexuality are the pet projects of neoliberalism. So they're they're acceptable um, fields of discrimination to 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 accept against because it's not going to cost fucking any money um, to, to 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 remedy those. And um, okay, I'll tell you what: if you want a family now, now both of you need to work to to buy a house. So uh, you know, um, you know, it, it's it's a hundred percent neoliberal. And when you when you put that to these people, they refuse to fucking back down, and they they say to me that I double down. 
You know what I mean? Like we'll call it, you they, a class reductionist, really. You know that that, that that's yeah. when the, that slur sort of comes in. And really, I mean, that's that, that's a great place to end this. We got to wrap up, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you you said it right there, and that's kind of where I end on a lot of my shows. So I'm glad you went there because I almost kind of missed it. It's that like at the end of the day, we're not saying that those that oppression along the, the lines of race, class, and gender. Don't, or sorry, not class, but race, sexuality, and gender don't exist. Of course they fucking exist. And we're against yeah. it. I'm against it. Are 100%, you against it? 100% go, against go on it. Record. 100%. Frankie Gaffney, are you yeah. against oppression of all forms in society? Absolutely. So am I. Me too. All right. So we got that out of the way. With that being said, your distinction there, right, that, that there are specific recognition of, of certain types of oppression – uh, they keep anti-oppression politics safe for capitalism and capitalist accumulation yes. and class rule, right? Because ultimately that's what this is. This is a fucking barbarism. This is a neoliberal authoritarianism that is fucking killing people through austerian uh, projects of austerity in places like Ireland, in places like the United that's States. It. People are fucking dying every day for lack of health care, for lack of jobs, for lack of stable uh, uh, living uh, you know, situations. And uh, and uh, none none of this kind of like the way that we busy ourselves talking about these claims uh, really speaks to that in 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 a really serious way. And and the the problem with that is twofold. Number one, it's, it's going to continue. We're not gonna we're not gonna overcome this barbarism. Number two is that the far right and the alt right are the people who are going to benefit uh, from our lack of conceptual clarity and our lack of accuracy about what 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 is really causing you know uh, pe- problems in, in in people's lives. Hundred percent. Any closing words for us? Give us a, uh, give us the old uh, throwdown anecdote. I don't know. Are you are you all out of piss? I might, <laughs> I might be out of piss. Uh, I think we've got that's it all not, that's out. Not a, that's not a very eloquent uh, note to end on. We, we, we're talking about Gramsci one minute, and then you're just like, "Yeah, I'm all out of piss." <laughs> this is but, good, uh, maybe but- it's in, maybe it's in keeping with what you call our, our blue collar sensibilities. You know. Well, I, I try. I do the best I can most weeks uh, to cover that up. And so now maybe maybe I've, I've revealed I've revealed my working class bona fides to the point where these people will shut the fuck up. Frankie Gaffney, thanks so much for joining us on the Dead Pundit Society, author of the book Dublin Seven. Uh, we didn't get to talk too much about the book, but you've got a lot of pieces out there, podcasts and articles and such. Everybody Next should check time. it. Everybody should check it out. I'll have Frankie back on the show to talk about his work and uh, all the other foolishness that's, that's coming up on the socialist left today. Frank, uh, thank, thank you for joining us, man. Appreciate it. It a lot of fun. Deadly, man. I had a ball. Thanks a million for having me. It's an honor. And that concludes my episode with Frankie Gaffney. I enjoyed the hell out of that. I produced it a few weeks ago. It's a little bit outdated when we refer to the calendar, you'll notice. Uh, but in any case, I think it's as entertaining as ever. Many of you will know by now that I have been on an unplanned hiatus over the past few weeks. Uh, it was somewhat planned for a much shorter duration. I moved residences, and so all of my studio equipment, books, my life, my clothes, my world was in boxes for a few weeks which made producing a podcast impossible. So I apologize for that unplanned hiatus. There's only one of me, folks. Uh, This isn't Chapo. There aren't like seven hosts. So when I go down, 
the show goes down. Uh, I appreciate all the kind words and messages. Uh, some listeners and patrons, friends of mine reached out to me to be sure that I was okay and that I hadn't fallen off the face of the earth. And uh, I appreciate those kind words and messages of support. But I'm back and I'm going to be resuming my weekly schedule of posting a free show and as often as possible, a B-side for my patrons. If you want to get access to those B-sides, head on over to patreon.com slash deadpundits and subscribe at $5 or more per month. All right. Later this week, I'm going to be dropping an episode. This is a little unorthodox. I'm just kind of dropping this at the beginning of the week. It is now Monday, December 11th. But later on this week, I'm going to be producing a show and releasing it. I talked with Heidi Matthews about the celebrity uh, sex panic that we're sort of living through right now. All of these allegations and revelations of misdeeds and uh, creepiness and outright sexual assault uh, have been circulating the airwaves. And so I talked to legal scholar Heidi Matthews about what the left conception of sex and politics should look like. We, we really develop a nuanced take, and I'm really proud of that episode. It's going to be airing in several days. A B-side will be hitting the airwave sometime around the weekend, probably, so look out for that, too. That's really fun. I enjoyed that. I've got another recorded episode I'm going to be putting out next week with Lee Phillips. Lee is a socialist, a longtime climate activist, and a science writer. We talk about his book uh, uh, on austerity and collapse porn addicts that is out from zero books from a couple of years ago. He has a really important and interesting argument, I think, when it comes to uh, fighting the catastrophist discourse that circulates on the left in the green anarchist movement and elsewhere. And so uh, we debunk a lot of really bad takes about uh, left-wing politics and the environment, and we uh, center an unapologetic humanism. So I'm just prefiguring some stuff here. People get excited. That's coming in two weeks. Dead Pundits is back. Uh, I hope you missed it. Uh, not too much, but uh, we're going to be a regular part of your week again. So head on over to patreon.com slash dead pundits and subscribe at $5 or more per month to get access to the B-sides and all of my back catalog. And uh, yeah, we'll see you later on this week in my episode with Heidi Matthews on celebrity sex scandals and sex panic. Until then, dead pundit, out. Oh, this you crazy mother...